This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Trying something different tonight, as we all know, there is a lockout. No teams can make transactions to their major league club. Apparently you can do some minor league ones because I've been seeing some of those reported, but no big league transactions. So we're not going to be seeing anything on Schwarber, perhaps uh, bullpen pieces that has to happen once the lockout ends and a new deal is reached on the labor agreement. So tonight we're going to do what I'm calling a real talk episode. The topics that, well, the topic is our biggest pet peeves in life. So Charlie Smith, Joe Goddard here with me for this episode. We're each going to give a couple and then we're going to go into some of the ones that our Twitter followers submitted. Some of those are baseball related, so we may dive into some of those. But this is, again, a real talk episode, so... We're gonna, you're gonna kind of get to see a side of us you haven't seen before. So, are you guys ready? Let's do it. it. All right. So, actually, we didn't really set the order. Uh, Charlie, go ahead. You're, you're, you got some speed. You look like a leadoff guy. So, go ahead. I am always the leadoff guy in adult softball. (laughs) Um, that's just how it is. The little short, fast guy who you know, lives to hit infield singles like Ichiro. Um, (laughs) I drive two hours a day minimum. It's an hour to work, an hour back. And there are certain spots that if the speed limit is 30 and you're going 25, good God help you. Because if I find you in a spot where you're not behind a vehicle and I'm not, it's going to be a bad day for you. But I'm also the person that, truth be told, I actually sent it to Terry. I got a 103-mile-an-hour speeding <laughs> ticket. So, and guys, this this was on Christmas Eve. So this police officer had no chill at all. Biggest jerk ever. Uh, and I have nothing but respect for law enforcement. But this cop was a complete D um, who didn't even bother showing up to the hearing. So, um that was that but slow drivers good god there's nothing more infuriating than slow drivers like that's just oh god the worst the worst job what's your thoughts on slow drivers well i drive slow myself so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that that bothers me what really bothers me people who complain about slow drivers no, i'm just <laughs> not gonna say Anyone who gives uh, speeding tickets, they, I don't like those people either. Uh, I got one on my way to South Carolina a couple of years back, going about 80 and a 50, 
I get it. It's problematic. But if you're the only car on the road, like, why are you giving me a speeding ticket? There's no one else on the road. Not good. <laughs> Charlie's flashing. Charlie's demonstrating his 103 mile an hour speeding ticket for any of those who are just listening now. I can kind of sympathize with Charlie because I'm a late person. I'm a snooze button guy. So it's my own fault. But when I'm getting really unlucky, $485 was Charlie's fine. Oh, my goodness. For 103 You deserve prison time. But In case anyone was wondering, that's, that's ex- how much it was. Expensive, yeah. That's like, <laughs> that's like a fourth of what I spend on most cars. But, yeah, it's dumb. But so I can kind of, like I said, sympathize. You know, if you get stuck behind a school bus or just someone going ridiculously slow, it's frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating. So go ahead, Job. What's your one of your bigger pet peeves? Well, I'm going to go with a different one than I gave you, Terry, because when you mentioned that some of our listeners put up baseball ones, I, I just one popped into my head. And that's anyone who wants to use only advanced statistics to tell me who deserves awards. I hate those people. Like sometimes the ERA does actually matter. Sometimes inning pitch innings pitched matter. And sometimes winning 20 games is actually pretty cool. Couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm not a Kurt huge... Schilling needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Let's I, put it that way. Hey, we right? said no politics, guys, but I agree. Charlie... <laughs> That wasn't <laughs> so so I'll say uh, I'll say this much um, for the idiots out there on in the Twitter verse that thought that my tweet about Carlos Correa not being a 300 million dollar player. I ratted out the fact that he had never had 30 home runs. He had never had 100 RBIs. And what was the third thing I said? He hadn't had 30 homers. 100 RBIs, and or, I think he only hit once above 280. Yes, correct. Yes. I think those are the three things. Guess what, kids? Carlos Correa is probably not even going to get $200 million. So to those people that want to insult that, I think I had more likes than you have followers. So <laughs> you guys can kiss it. And facts hurt. Numbers don't lie. People do. So I'm 100% behind that. I don't need to use sabermetrics and tweets. Facts are facts. My go-to fallback stat on these massive contracts is only twice in the history of the World Series did it ever get won with a player making $250 million or more on, on their team. It's only happened twice. Alex Rodriguez, 2009. Mookie Betts, 2020. That's it. So there's no reason to suggest Carlos Correa making 300 million plus is going to work out better than all the rest of them, especially with the the mediocre home run, RBI, batting average numbers. And those are three big stats to me. I, I don't care. I mean, you're, you're telling me Mookie Betts and his Mickey Mouse ring is only the second time that somebody hitting 250 has won the World Series. No, making 250 million or more. That's the wow, o- only that's... time a team has won it with a contract that size or more. That's impressive. So really, it's only a Rod because the Dodgers 60 game season really doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't. I'm sorry, to Dodgers fans, doesn't count. A-Rod was making 275. Well, that was his yeah. overall deal that he was on when he won it. 
2000. Correct, and that was the he eclipsed his original one, which I think was 10 for 252 with Texas, right? right? If yeah. that wasn't was yeah, yeah. And then it was a uh, 10 for 275. Is it got uh, he got like a an, an addendum. They redid it and gave him more money. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. He signed that one after. All those steroids uh, are expensive. They are. Not cheap. Yeah, yeah. He that absolutely. So here's mine. I think most of the audience, I think this is going to resonate with most of them. Nothing in this world, well, perhaps I shouldn't say nothing, but very few things in this world gross me out more than snot rags. And what I mean by snot rags, is, I'm sorry if the audience is eating breakfast right now. I'm not trying to ruin your breakfast, but it's, you know, it's my thing on the show right now. Like the bandana and the pocket thing, it's mostly the above age 60 crowd, and it just grosses me out. Like, it's 2021. We don't carry those anymore. Just go to the bathroom and blow your nose. Uh, don't carry a snot rag. Like, the boogers in your snot rag don't disappear two hours later when you pull it out again. They're still in there, and now your hands are all over them. And they're going to be touching stuff that I probably touch, doorknobs and whatever. And fun fact, I play cribbage competitively. I, I have a couple of cribbage leagues I play in. Uh, cribbage players, some of those people are the snot rag people I'm talking about. And everybody laughs at me when I order my food in a to-go container so I can keep it covered when I'm not actively eating from it. And I always ask for a fork. I eat my french fries with a fork when I'm at cribbage because their hands have been on the snot rag. They've been on the cards that I've probably used. I'm just, I know I'm probably a germaphobic psychopath, but uh, snot rags have to go. Can we just agree that those are outdated and unsanitary. So I'll, I'll say this much. Um, nothing drives me more kind of batty than someone who's going to use uh, like a handkerchief or a tissue, blows their nose, and then doesn't wash their hands. Like that's – it's disgusting. Oh. I don't care who you are. If you're my, my friend, my – whatever my dad i don't care who you are if you blow your nose and the first thing you're not thinking of immediately after is washing your hands i don't want to touch you i don't want to be anywhere <laughs> near you because you're probably one of those guys that taps it three times and doesn't wash their hands after like i want no part of you i want no part of you at all like that that really makes me question you as a human being i want nothing to do with you i don't want to associate with you it's disgusting you two are not the people I expected to hear that from. I, I support it fully, <laughs> but neither of you was the person I expected to come out with the the germaphobe take. Uh, so that interests me to no to no end. So I'll say this much: I do not touch the bathroom door handle. I don't either. At work, <laughs> I, I won't do it. I'll I'll use a paper towel to open the door because I know people that go to the bathroom and don't wash their hands, or they cough in their hands, then they go to the bathroom continue to play with themselves and then, you know, leave the bathroom still having not washed their hands, not once, but twice, two infractions. It should be like a jailable offense. Honestly, it's disgusting. And I, people are like, oh, you're kind of a germaphobe. Yep, there's a reason why I don't have COVID, dumbass. Excuse I'll, my language. I'll, I'll I thought you did me. have COVID. No, I had the flu. I had 103 fever. I was messed up. 
Yeah, I had COVID, but um, I'll take my sleeve, the top of my sleeve, and I'll grab it with my my hands. I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt right now, and I'll just reach over and pull it real quick, and then get the door open. I'll grab the Big door elbow from way guy. up high. Big elbow guy. To get the door open? Oh yeah, yep. Unless it's a doorknob, then then I'll use the bottom of my shirt. Oh, then I Pe- yeah, I do that like- too. Yeah, people people always kind of act funny like when people grab like the tip top or the big you know the bottom of a door handle depending on how big it is. And I'm like, you know what? Cool, whatever. People make fun of them, but I'm like, I get it. I'm totally cool. I completely understand why you're doing it because you know that there are savages here too. Here's another thing I do real quick. I use I very seldom carry cash. I'm a debit card guy. And when I have to touch the keypad of the um, you know, the ATM machine the debit card. I'm a right-handed person, so I use my left pinky to, to dial in the number. That's how I do it. I got That's issues. That's amazing. I know. I'm an Apple Pay person for that reason. I don't like touching the keypad. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm paying for gas, it drives me crazy. Oh, gas pumps are bad, yeah. but I'm not. I haven't reached that level of psychosis yet. Now, 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 credit cards. Um, credit cards have a little thing where you, it's like a wand. You can just hold. You wave the credit yeah, card past certain do. readers. You can do that, which is kind of cool. I actually do. I pump gas with gloves on still. Really? Because, dude, they're, they're, yeah, I still use gloves, man. Like, I'll, I'll take a photo the next time I'm pumping gas. Like, I, I use one glove, and I just do everything with that one hand. The other hand stays in my pocket, so that way I don't have to wear two gloves, just one. I know I sound psychotic, but you know what? <laughs> still. Still don't have COVID. I, so I mean, whatever. I did it during the the height of COVID because everybody touches the gas handle and no one ever washes their hands there. So precisely I, why I, I will not touch a gas handle. Well, I don't I don't worry about COVID when it comes to touching surfaces. I mean, it's mostly an airborne thing, so that's why that's not a fear. Like maybe you can get what Charlie just had, perhaps with the uh, the surface type stuff, but but yeah. And, and just one other thing before we move on. Hand sanitizer. That's a scam. It, to me, you use hand, hand sanitizer after you wash your hands. You're just, you're just, you're just caking in the germs if you use it. Uh, the, I just can't. It doesn't. Well, too much. It doesn't satisfy. Too much hand sanitizer is bad. Okay. Too much hand sanitizer actually dries out your hands. It actually. Uh, you know, the more you wash your hands with soap or sanitize your hands, the the more prone you are to actually catching an infection. You're actually getting rid of some of the good bacteria too. True. Yeah, you can throw up yep. your balance. Right? Doctor Smith, yeah. <laughs> sir. All right, we spent a lot of time on that one. So uh, go ahead, Charlie. What was your second one? My other one, I think, is going to hit home with a couple of folks that have just really crappy bosses, like just bad leadership. I mean, that's a pet peeve when you're sitting there and you have to spend 40 hours a week with people that just don't get it or people that think that they know what they're doing and they have no business doing what they're doing. Literally, there are, there are some bosses that I've had in the past that have inspired me to you know become a better person just so I don't have to work for them. Like they've inspired me to not want to work with that person. That's how bad they are. Bad leadership is an incredible pet peeve because you're sitting there getting paid half as much as they are doing their job for them. It's ridiculous. Bad leadership. Oh, my God. Thoughts on that, Job? Uh, I mean, I've been very lucky in in my personal experience that I've yet to 
have bad leadership uh, above me in most of my endeavors. Um, but I can totally see where that comes from because every time I see Larry Lucchino, that's what I think. It's like I could do that job better than you. So I can't imagine possibly some of the things that Charlie has to go through on a daily basis. The the worst type of boss, and I, I've had at least one or two. I mean, I'm the oldest on here, and I've been in the workforce for 23 years. But but the worst type of boss is someone that can't even handle their own emotions or their own temperament. Like like they've got inner issues with themselves, and yet they're gonna they're gonna lead a crew of people. And set good examples and communicate effectively and all that. It's just, th- those are the worst ones because you know it's going to be a train wreck right from the start. And it's just, it's not fun. Hey, here's a quick uh, a quick layer to this. Ha- have either of you ever been fired from a job? Uh, I got released from a project because I couldn't walk. So oh, when I worked that, in entertainment, I got, all right, well, I, I have, no. I have recently uh, been laid off, but I'm That's, much younger than the two of you. You are. I've not been in the workforce long enough to find a job that doesn't love me. So, you know, I'll, uh, I'll update you, Terry, in 10 years when you're nice and retired, you got your feet kicked up and uh, eventually someone and I part ways. Yeah. See, I've straight up been fired before, like had a job when I got there. <laughs> Didn't have a job about an hour later. Yeah. It is an funny. hour? I can totally see that. I don't know. Well, actually, it didn't quite go that way because uh, a couple of days went by. Apparently, there was like an internal investigation. Um, but Jesus I went Christ. I went into <laughs> I went into work not thinking I was still going to get fired that day. And, and the thing I always laugh about is um, when I walked into the office, I saw the paperwork. And uh, it said at the top, reason for termination. So I was like, uh-oh. And then it uh, it said my the reason for mine was creating a hostile work environment. So I took my seat what? knowing what was going to happen, and I don't think they think thought that I saw that. And they just went through their thing and just, you know, they were professional about it. But, but what happened was I, my supervisor, not great leadership, and we got into a shoving match. And uh, we were separated fairly quickly, but uh, no. Did you win? I mean, it was so it was so brief. I th- I thought I gave him a pretty good shove in there, and um, we were we were separated, and you know, so yeah. And the funny thing was, was a similar incident happened with another employee and that same guy. So that's why I was kind of surprised. I'm like, well, it's my first, you know, incident. This is this guy's second incident. And I was one of the ones who separated them the first incident. And I grabbed the other guy. And that other guy, I think his first name was uh, Chris. And he texted me. He found out I got fired. He texted me. He goes, he goes, you should have hit him. <laughs> I was like, I should have let you hit him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> rather than stepping in the time before. So... So yeah, that's uh, the only time I've ever been fired. And fun fun fact, I, I've said this before, probably say it 20 more times in the next few years. I was a corrections officer, so I'm kind of used to, you know, my way or the highway, 
you know that, <laughs> that rumble type. or tumble terry cushman i love it that type of thing and uh so and i was kind of fresh out of my job uh as a as a corrections officer at that point so that uh did not uh help me either but yeah those poor inmates i can't possibly imagine how that one went yeah you know it wasn't it wasn't as bad as you think because it's up in Maine, so we're not getting, you know, the Bloods versus the Crips in, in jail. You know, not that type of thing. Uh, there were some biker gangs that were in there, but even that was pretty tame. So most of my physical things were literally just breaking up fights. Only one time did I have a guy come at me, and I was just, I had my hands full. and was probably in over my head. I hit the dress button on my radio, and the cavalry came running in like eight seconds later. And uh, it was over. I, and I, I had pepper sprayed him, and it, it didn't work. Like, that didn't even stop him. <laughs> so I was like, Jesus. Jesus, dude. Yeah. And then another time, these two these two guys were fighting, and uh, way bigger than me. Both of them were 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and I went straight to juice on them and maced uh, one of them. So. But those that was it in, like, three years. I, I'm, I'm pretty calm when the you-know-what hits the fan. And... Um, you know, so that that's kind of a good tool uh, in that line of work. You know, if you're calm, they're kind of going to be calm. And uh, I was especially good at dealing with crazy people. <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh my, like an officer would be like, oh my god, that person's so psycho. And I'm like, well, you know, I haven't really had a problem with them. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. That type of thing. Maybe maybe those those are my people though. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, enough about my glory days. Okay, so that was Charlie's. Job, you got one more, don't you? I do, yeah. I hate when people walk slow in front of me on the sidewalk. If there's a crowded <sighs> sidewalk and you're walking really slow and you know I'm behind you because I'm making noise trying to get past you, move over. You know, it's another one, you know, similarly, people who ride their bikes on the sidewalk, I don't like you either. <laughs> but really, people who walk slow in, in <laughs> traffic drive me crazy. Bicycles are I, vehicles I, and belong in the road. Exactly. You know what's funny? I don't think I drive slow enough to see bicycles. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Any police I, I officers listening to this show, please don't ticket Charlie. <laughs> He's joking. I, I, I got a question. Wait. Bi- bicyclists can't – they can't ride on the sidewalk legally. And yet they often do. You know, especially the electronic scooters here in the city, like the Lyft scooters or whatever they call them uh, – Uber scooters. Oh, yeah, have, yeah, yeah some sidewalk. goofy things. Right, ride, right. Like, they're like 12 miles an hour. That's fine. But if you're going really, really slow on the sidewalk, I just don't like you. I see these older people in their motorized wheelchairs going up and down busy roads, and I'm like, how the heck have you not been punted like a football yet? It's just yeah. like you just get kind of sketched. But but to uh, be more specific on Joe's pet pee- Job's pet peeve, it's like it's an awkward situation because they're walking slow in front of you and you want to scoot around them, but you're going to look like a jerk. And it's like and you have to walk into the street and then very clearly walk past them like I it makes it just awkward. And, you know, I'm there because I'm making noise trying to get you to move over. And there's very rarely an indication where the sidewalk is just one person sidewalk. Generally, it's two people. And usually they're like having a conversation or sometimes it's a couple and they're holding hands like move over. You know what you ought to do, Joe? Just pinch one of them in the ass real quick and then quickly scoot around. And 
you might die, but it's uh, you, they'll they'll know that they're they're holding you up, and that's probably I'll, bad advice. I'm taking but... notes. <laughs> yeah. Take notes. Yeah, I do that with my friends. I'll sneak up and just grab their ass. <laughs> it's fine. I do not Jesus. do that with my friends. I, no, Jesus. I, I'm pretty comfortable with my awkwardness, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hey, anyone seen Terry around? Don't worry, he'll find you. Like, yes. yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. So here's my other one. This this really, you know, boils my blood. And again, I've already kind of mentioned this earlier that I'm a I'm a late person. I'm I'm gonna if I'm supposed to be to work at at five o'clock, I'm dive bombing in at four fifty eight. That's just that's who I am. I, At least I, you're on time. Yeah, I relatively on time is what I like to refer to it as, but um, and I, I hate that about myself. But you know, I just I'm almost forty, and I'm, that's not going to change apparently. But so, so that's kind of leading into this now. When I'm in the convenience store and I'm grabbing an energy drink or a quick snack for the morning run, and the person in front of me cashes in their lottery tickets. So you got to sit there and wait for them to be processed and the receipts to be stapled to it. And then they take forever deciding their new ones. And I'm like, I got to go. I, I, your conundrum over choosing number 21 or number 28, I, I don't have time for that. And the other thing that frustrates me is like, you're throwing your money away. Take your winnings. I've never seen one person who's won 20, 30, 50 bucks, whatever they won. I've never seen them put it in their pocket and leave. They have to buy more. So I'm like, well, now you're definitely going to you know, lose your money. It's just the dumbest thing. Donate that money to an animal shelter if you just want to burn through your money. Do something good with it. Or go to a well, casino. Well, it goes to your favorite people, Terry. It goes to the United States government. You know, the <sighs> federal government. Your yeah. favorite people. That's true. That's absolutely true. I've never seen this before in a million years. Like, I've never seen this happen before in my life. So maybe it's a main thing, but I don't know what I would do if I saw that in Rhode Island. Like, I, I don't know what my reaction would be. I think I'd be confused. Well, just like, to be, what's, what's just, happening? Just to be clear, I said lottery tickets. They're scratch-off tickets. So there's always... I've never a, seen any... Maybe you don't have yeah. them in Rhode Island, then. Oh, oh we, we have. I'm sure we do. In fact, I just, I've seen that. Okay. I've never seen it get done. So, Charlie, like, I don't... in Rhode Island, you'll like this story, Terry. I saw one time, you know, people doing exactly that. Don't you pick the same number every time? I feel like people pick the same number every time. And if not, you're Why sitting would in you line. Why would you do that? You have the entire time waiting while you're in line before you get up to the front to pick your lottery ticket number. Do it then. But also, funny enough, um, in Newport, Rhode Island, somebody won the lottery, local guy, won the lottery going to get his mom ice cream about 10 years ago. Uh, and it was the, you know, the millionaires, whatever, a lot of money. And now every time I see somebody buying lottery tickets at that store, I, I laugh a little bit inside because that the odds of that store ever getting another winning lottery ticket for the state are lower than the odds of getting struck by lightning twice. They just it, it won't happen again. So you're burning your money. Do your research. If you're going to waste your money on the lottery, at least do your research. I just it just takes forever. I mean, some 
some of the places I've been to have like a vending machine for them and that that makes me happy cuz they're that's a separate line but yeah and actually my father Terry Cushman senior my dad plays them like not a ridiculous amount but you know a couple of times a week he'll buy scratch tickets and there's an app that tells you what tickets from what type have been sold and which ones still have the big winners remaining and so he's he knows which ones to buy which ones to stay away from and and uh yeah so it drives me nuts i'm sure there's going to be a couple of people in the audience that are like yep i know what i know what cushman's saying all right let's see we're coming up on the 30 minute mark but we can we can spend a few minutes on some of these um there was a baseball one in here i'm trying to find it that way i can give the person a shout out but you know what i don't think i'm gonna find it quick enough there were tons of there's like 70 replies on here but what he was oh i found it this is uh from jp plunkett and he says he doesn't like three man booths in the, in the red sox nesson booth he prefers a two-man booth and i agree with that i think I'm a lot more focused, and I, I think the announcers are more focused when it's just two of them bouncing back and forth. When uh, I feel guilty for saying this, but I, I have to use this example. Remy, Eckersley, and O'Brien, they'll be talking about a play on the field, and then it turns into a conversation from 1982, and the, the game just kind of becomes secondary at points. And don't get me wrong, I'd give anything to listen to another five minutes of Jerry Remy under any scenario. But I do prefer a two-man booth, whether it's Remy and, and O'Brien or the dream scenario, Remy and Orsillo. That's what I prefer. Yeah, I get that. Oh, my God. It's crazy. It feels like yesterday and it feels like forever that it both happened and that uh you know, five minutes i think i'd probably give 30 seconds just to hear him laugh you know uh, what i would do just to hear him laugh just one more time um the three-man booth i'm i can't think of a time when i've seen three men in a booth that wasn't two plus like a guest where it was a winning combination it just it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Like all those great times that we used to have back in the day when Don Orsillo was there with Jerry Remy, people didn't even care about the game. Like there were moments where you're just like, oh, the Red Sox are playing. Oh, that's cool. But but Don and Jerry are having a good time. So I mean, a third man in that in that booth would have ruined just the fun chemistry that was there. Great point. It was great. I like a three-man booth in certain circumstances. One, anytime Steve Lyons is on the broadcast, give me a three-man booth. <laughs> yeah. West Steve Lyons. Can't stand Steve Lyons. Uh, two, I like the, the three-man booth with two former players. Not all the time, but, but sometimes I find it refreshing, especially if it's somebody who doesn't normally do a broadcast. Um, you know, you mentioned when it's two and a guest, sometimes like that's a little bit different. But if it's two and you have somebody come in as a guest for like an inning, 
sometimes I find that really, really refreshing. Especially if it's somebody who really knows the game, then the three-man booth can be really interesting. You get a different take on, you know, pitching. Spe- specifically, when Roger Clemens, you know, comes on the WEI broadcast, I think they're fantastic in a three-man capacity. Um, the three-man booth on an everyday game gets a little bit muddy. Yeah, it's just, it just, it's a bad flow to me, and uh, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not crazy about it. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. Not this is this resonates with us, I think. And this is Alex Panos, I think he is how he pronounces it. Not scoring the man from third base with less than two outs. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that is unfortunately something we're uh, all too familiar with the last couple of years here in Boston. Uh it it's the worst when you start off with uh with a triple or a double with a quick little move over to third and then two guys can't get it done or three guys can't get it done. Maybe there's like an error or a walk in there. It's brutal. I absolutely agree. Alex Panos. Uh, I a hundred percent agree with you. It's frustrating because nothing is more unsatisfying than getting so close and missing it. Not once, but twice. It hurts. Absolutely. I, I would say the only thing that I hate more than that is when players have a three-zero count and they don't take a walk. That drives me insane just a little bit more. If you have a three-zero count and you swing on three-zero, I'm okay with it. But if you have a three-zero count and then you end up striking out a la Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> it really, really, really gets on my nerves. Okay, so I'll say this much. I was curious to know where you're going with that because 3-0 swinging with the bases loaded is oh, how oh, Fernando yeah. Tatis caught flack not once but twice. Twice that happened. Well, I mean, Tony and I was all for it. From baseball over it. I mean – they had one of the he best young players in the game this year, right? Hitting 320 in June. He wasn't young. He wasn't young. He was 28. He was like actually. 30. You're mean, Mercedes. Yeah, he was yeah. old. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, he was no, so he he wasn't that good. He but, was a statistical anomaly to start his career yeah. in the majors. He was. He, he wasn't that a... good. It was like it was it was cute fluke. It was like a uh, studio, um, a studio. That guy that everybody loves in Minnesota. Fair enough. A studio Cabrera. Fair enough. But yeah. You know, he's hitting 300. He gets a home run on a 3-0 count. Sure. And then you never saw him again. That was it. Yep, and you never will. Never. He's done it was with cute. It was cute I while it lasted. I love the 3-0 swing. I don't I don't have an issue with it. What I have an issue right. with is if you have a 3-0 count. And you strike out. The next two pitches you, you, you take right down the middle. And there's you know who had that happen out. a lot this year? And it really sucked. Who's that? Hunter Renfro. He Renfro did. saw himself in 3-0 spots and somehow managed to strike out. That was so frustrating. God, you're right. That that does suck. That'll be uh, Milwaukee's problem. All right, last one, then we'll wrap. Sox, Arizona. He gives two, one of which uh, resonates with me more than the other. He goes, people chewing like bleeping animals. I said bleeping because he used the F word. So people chewing like bleeping animals. 
and my upstairs neighbor stomping around 24 seven. That last one does resonate with me. And I've, I've got neighbors on one wall and they're good. And I've got neighbors on the other wall and they're good, but it's the people below me. They're slamming doors all the time. And it sounds like a gunshot. And I've been in this building for like seven years and I've had multiple tenants below me and they've never been good. Like those are always the worst ones for me. I'm moving in a couple of weeks to South Carolina, you know, into a house, as I have probably said. And I know Charlie and Job know all about that. So this is this problem is not going to be a problem for much longer. But but having lived in a in a rather big apartment building in the middle of a big city. Um, yeah, that resonates with me. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I distinctly remember what it was like living in LA when you have really, really loud neighbors and, um, it wasn't so much a pet peeve, but it was more like an uncomfortable, it was like an uncomfortable feeling. It's, it's a pet peeve and uncomfortable when you see a guy sneezing into his handkerchief, his snot, rag, whatever, and then they just kind of move on. It's the worst when you can hear your neighbors like verbally getting a little animated. I'm not in the room, so I can't speculate, but it's it's uncomfortable <laughs> more than it's a pet peeve when you hear, you know, a guy and a girl kind of like verbally yelling at each other over not the remote, like over other stuff it's it's tough it's 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 a weird feeling when your neighbors are kind of it, it's weird it's uncomfortable the, the the i don't know what the right word is but yeah na- neighbors can sometimes make it a little interesting well i'm fresh out of college and i'm young enough to remember uh or not as old as you guys i i don't know what that is i'm confused by that terry you, you put me off my thinking there uh <laughs> I'm very fresh out of college uh, a couple of years ago, so the having bad neighbors thing, very used to it because I was the bad neighbor. I think you guys are now. I mean, you guys got like a frat party house thing going on. Oh, yeah. You know, I got uh, four recently graduated, you know, young professionals, and uh, I got a baby on the other side of this wall to my left, and I've got a family on the other side of the wall to the right. The baby cries a lot, man. Like at inopportune times. I babies do that, Job. And another pet peeve <laughs> that goes off of that. I understand, but pet peeve that goes off of that. The the neighbors to my left put the nursery on the other side of my wall. And when they were building the nursery, they decide, you know, it's a great idea to, to play loud music and stuff for the baby at like one o'clock in the afternoon while I'm working. <laughs> like, I work from works. Home. Everyone That's works kind of how it is, man. And yet they make a lot of noise at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Job, so one day, Job, you'll be a dad and you'll understand. Or, and then someone else will hate you. Or the lesson to be learned here <laughs> is that maybe right, you don't want to be having kids, Job. It's it's an automatic divorce. The audience is mad at me right now, but they're they're only mad because I'm right. No, 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 no. Not it's not an automatic divorce. No. But I'll oh, it's say like ninety two percent. <laughs> dads get it like i'm not gonna harp on a kid who's struggling to go to sleep like i mean shoot 
I'd say 85, 90% of our listeners probably know exactly what that feeling is like, where I don't even think the, the parents like having to do it. Like they know they're being asses and they can't do anything else about it. Like it sucks. You can't put like <laughs> AirPods Max on a two month old child and say, listen to your music quietly. It doesn't work that way. You know, like it, it's, it's tough. It's really, really tough. So I, I completely understand. I'm not going to get on a new parent because that is god's work it just god's work it just the timing of it could be more opportune i i think of course (laughs) i think it's hilarious that four out of the five of us are over the age of 30 and none of us have kids none of us not one of us and job's like 22 so he can walk that plank you know I'm 24, my friend. You're 24. Uh, I'm not that young. All right. I, I'm young, but I'm not that. What I wouldn't give to be 22 again. Oh, my God. Yeah, us too. That was 20 years ago for Terry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 16, pretty close. And yeah, a half. It's, it's, 16 and a half. It's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. Life goes quick. All right. So I hope everybody enjoyed uh, the Candid episode. Probably we'll come on uh, next show with a baseball one, but... We might uh, incorporate some of these real talk ones until the the labor agreement is agreed upon uh, between the MLB owners and the Players Association. So we'll be back shortly one way or the other. Everyone have a good rest of your week.